and welcome to Meet Me in the Middle, the podcast that seeks out middle ground within the wellness world, usually, question mark, within the world, but also within history. My name is Annika Buckle. That was a great intro. Thank you. Okay, I can't really follow that. Uh, But my name is Jenny Omani, and if you enjoy excellent segue intros like like that one um and you're enjoying the conversations that we have we would really appreciate if you would hop over to whatever your streaming platform is and maximize the amount of stars you can rate and share with some friends maybe even leave a nice little review all these things help podcasty people so so much and we appreciate it greatly we really do um and we are now in week three of our um journey through 100 years of uh, diet and other wellness trends, uh, which means if you haven't caught our last two episodes, we've already been through the 20s and the 30s, which means we're now in the 1940s. So, Jenny, was there anything important happening in the world that you know about that you recall in the 1940s? No, it's all a hoax. (laughs) I have been told by people that believe that the earth is flat, that it never existed (laughs) and it was all made up. Um, Yeah, obviously we got the second world war. Oh, happening. Yeah. Big things. So I mean, much like in the 1930s, in the 1940s, the world truly had a few more pressing things going on than worrying about what everybody looked like, but just kidding. Of course they still really care. So absolutely they cared. (laughs) Um, you know, I know we've said this before, but you know, this history that we're talking about, you know, over the course of these episodes really is the history of privileged, rich white women wellness, just like today's, you know, butthole sunning or CrossFit aren't within reach or maybe desire of most people living in poverty or within really a lot of different axes of oppression. The same is true in the forties. So just keeping in mind, you know, we're, we're speaking to a very specific niche of of people as we as we talk about quote the history so but these um, are the people that wrote history truly <laughs> and uh who represented themselves and what they were writing so i mean we, this is what you're get this to, is what's well documented <laughs> to the victor go the spoils and also the critiques <laughs> but so in case you thought being uh, encased in a global conflict uh was going to distract yeah oh no allow me to read you Uh, An excerpt from a 1940s ad. Girls, it seems after you help win the war, you still have another battle on your hands. Legs and other things. The Battle of the Bulges. Oh, fuck (laughs) off. So there really was kind of this push in the 1940s of what was dubbed beauty as duty. There was a really famous piece published in a number of newspapers around the U.S. in spring 1942 called it's every woman's wartime duty to be lovely. And um, I'm going to send you an excerpt in the chat, Jenny, um, that makes me want to cry, scream, throw up. Okay. We want the men to feel we're worth fighting for. And the best incentive we could give them is to look as though we're worth their brave efforts. You know that like no, no humans were fighting for the women of America, right? Like this was a war fought on European <laughs> territories nor uh dare i go out on a limb to say was anybody fighting to just make sure they could come back to beautiful women like i don't know i think i think the goal was to come back alive 
you would think we could take a break from policing women's bodies with so much going on, but no. So I am also sad to announce that 1942 was the year that the Metropolitan Life Insurance Company published the tables for, quote, ideal weights that would eventually become the BMI. Oh, yeah. If you've been around the block with us before, you know a lot of the reasons that the BMI is trash. But even in this moment, in this decade, the impact of this was really devastating. By 19- Can you just remind me what year that was again? Mm, yeah so like literally the u.s joins the war yeah like they've literally just joined the war and the advertisements are targeted at what women should look like yeah and, and they've the, literally just entered the war and the insurance companies are talking about like ideal weights of people so yeah i just double checked so i'm like i feel like this is right around <laughs> when they actually joined the war and i literally just googled it to be sure and yeah december 1941 <laughs> yeah yeah, again, it is in some ways, I think it like feels very mind blowing to think about. But I also think like think about how many other ridiculous things like even were happening, like, let's say, as we were like at the very early days of COVID, where kind of the world was shut down. Think about how much ridiculousness was kind of still coming out of yeah. <laughs> people like toilet paper hoarding. Totally. <laughs> Okay, sorry, I fully interrupted you. I just was like, holy shit, this feels like they really (laughs) jumped right into this. It it feels like a bit, it feels like it's a non sequitur, but it's not. It's here we are. (laughs) Um, Okay, advertisers wasted no time. Got it. (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, regarding like talking about this table for ideal weights that Metropolitan Life Insurance Company is publishing, even, you know, I think we can see the devastating impact of, you know, the ridiculousness of the BMI today. But even in in that decade, by 1948, over 50% of all patients being treated for obesity, a concept created by these tables, were prescribed Mm. amphetamines, 50%. Oh, yeah, this was the... uh, this. This is the amphetamine era. That's right. 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 Oh, yeah. Cause we talked about that with our, when we talked about our Hollywood stars, That's of course right. the normal humans got to have the privilege of that too. Right. We might be at war, but some of the, some of the amphetamines can go to the soldiers of the front line, but we're going to need the rest of them here for these people that we've now decided thanks to this completely irrelevant chart are not the right size. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Yep. I mean, I guess we all have our own focuses in life. <laughs> So in terms of diet trends, I was surprised to find out that the master cleanse was invented in the 1940s. Hmm. So uh, if you haven't heard us talk about it before, the master cleanse is the one that is just lemon juice, cayenne, and maple syrup. Um, Honestly, there's a lot there between kind of the cleanse itself and, you know, its existence in pop culture and the creator of the cleanse. I think actually it's worth its own episode at some point in the future, but it was originally developed as a diet to reduce stomach ulcers, not necessarily to shed extra weight before you do dream girls. Right. So that would put more acid in the right. stomach. <laughs> this is before we realized like, yeah. And cayenne like, causing the stomach ulcers. Yeah. Right. Cayenne, very like classically Ugh. known as irrit- an irritant, right? Classically known to soothe, cayenne, soothe ulcerated so areas. Yeah. God. Yeah. Okay. Um, So the other most important thing around diet at the time, because it was wartime for most of the decade, the focus for a lot of kind of conversation around food and nutrition was really around what you could make 
during rations and then mm-hmm. also what was fast. So we touched on this in our women's work episode. This, you know, really marked a really big push to have women working outside the home, even in a bigger way than the First World War, which was already, you know, a, a revolutionized the way that, you know, people worked. But, you know, just like today, anybody who does the primary unpaid labor inside the house and paid labor outside of the house. It's how fast and simple things can be. How quick can you whip something up? Also, oh my God, of course, right? Of course. Like at some point we had to, I mean, cause microwave dinners didn't come in until the fifties. Right. Right. But like, yeah, of course there was an, a large enough portion of the wealthy population mm-hmm. who needed, who that, who needed that. Whereas before you just had time to cook all day. Right. And then you had to do that. But so um, also, again, you know, as we talked about, um, you know, in a little bit in both of our previous episodes in this series, there's also rations, right? So Mm -hmm. you're using everything like soups made with leftovers. Think meatloaf. Meatloaf was a huge deal in the 40s because, you know, a ground beef was cheap far cheaper than other cuts of meat. And then B, you could add all kinds of filler, like mm. stale bread turned into crumbs, right? You're oh, of course. Yeah. Stretch. You're um, using things up. Right. So root yeah, you're minimizing food waste out of right. necessity. Right. Yeah. Very, very little food waste during the, I think probably thirties as well as the forties. Right. Because when people are really conscious of <laughs> not having very much of things, <laughs> totally. They don't throw so much of it out. I say like with a single tear for the bag of arugula that I had to compost yesterday <laughs> from the back of my fridge. Um, so a lot of instant foods had developed at this time. Instant mashed potatoes, 1946. Um, this is also when the Betty Crocker cake mix was invented. So there was still an expectation on those performing unpaid labor that there would still be homemade cakes just because you have to oh, work yeah. at the munitions factory doesn't mean that yeah. they can't have a chocolate cake at lunchtime every day. Um, you know, so this was a fast and easy way to do finger quotes, you know, homemade. Um, it was also really easy with prepackaged things like that, you know, kind of just add water kits to be able to feed the troops overseas. So mm-hmm. we were, were kind of looking at, again, like necessity, creation out of necessity, Um, but that kind of becomes the focus of everything. Right. Um, so it was also in the 1940s, 1942, that Canada came out with its first food guide called at the time, Canada's official food rules with the tagline, Canada at war cannot afford to ignore the power that is obtained by eating the right foods. But how do you even pick the right foods when stuff's not available? It just well, doesn't seem like the time because <laughs> I'm I assuming mean, this is going to be like a gold standard and clearly the gold standard's just not available. Well, what is very interesting, right? I think, first of all, I think there there's a really dark history actually to Canada's food guide. And I know we've touched on it a little bit, sure. um, but I, I think this is another one that is going to require its own episode, but what you really see, and you see this in the um, Canada's official food rules at from 1942, um, you know, I think especially with rationing, what we start to see is a deeper realization of the importance of specific nutrients. So you see a ton of foods being fortified with extra vitamins and minerals. Mm -hmm. So milk gets fortified, you know, cereals get fortified. This is where we see a lot of that. It's like, well, we can't, we we don't have the food that's going to give you those vitamins, but we get the vitamins and add them in. So yeah. And that's not a bad thing. 
No, no. I think it saved a lot of people from malnutrition, probably. A hundred percent. And going forward for the future, like you have people that eat plant-based or vegan diets that um, there's just certain things that they're not going to be able to access if through without eating a higher amount of, you know, animal or dairy products. So mm-hmm. it's great. It just means that you can eat more, you know, meet your nutritional needs with different ways of eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's really easy. And again, I know we talked about this, um, when we talked about our processed foods on our processed foods episode, but the reality is the ability to fortify things is a very helpful piece of processing food. (laughs) Absolutely. No, it's super important, right? No one wants scurvy. No, no one wants scurvy. Rickets, Uh, scurvy, like these are all things nobody wants. Also a time at this time, um, specifically in regards to scurvy, uh, frozen orange juice concentrate was developed because it was was an easy way to make sure everybody was getting their vitamin C when, (laughs) you know, you're not necessarily going to have that same access to fresh fruits and vegetables that you can't grow in your backyard. I can't imagine, you know, in your backyard in like red deer, you could grow a lot of oranges. (laughs) Oh my God. You couldn't grow them here in Vancouver. (laughs) No, you didn't. (laughs) We're as south as it gets and there's no fucking way oranges are going to grow. I mean, maybe, I mean, I shouldn't say that. I'm sure someone made a greenhouse somewhere that can do that, but sure. Definitely not in the 1940s. (laughs) No, not, not by any means the norm in terms of people accessing nutrients. Right. Um, I just want to talk really briefly about a couple of fitness trends from the 40s. Um, oh, do tell. We still have the popularity of the fitness machines from the 1920s. If you haven't mm-hmm. heard our 1920s episode, go back and check it out. Um, but really, it's this focus on gentle exercises specifically designed not to make you sweat. <laughs> I mean, um, women don't sweat, Annika. They glow. I- <laughs> Oh, that is a beautiful segue into this terrible slash wonderful clip that I'm going to send you um, that really sums it up. We will now do our bust exercises. These exercises are very good in firming and reducing the bust. Oh, reducing the bust. Okay. (laughs) Oh my gosh, they're like those calisthenic videos. Right? Swinging to and fro. And the first thing you know, none of those spare tires around the middle. They're literally just swinging their arms from side to side. (laughs) With like, you know, like well done hair and in like these like very like tap pants basically. <laughs> like bikini tops. Yeah, they have like high waisted bikini bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> They're actually cute outfits. Take it easy, honey. The first hundred times are the hardest. This exercise strengthens the pectoral muscles, resulting in a firm breast. Apparently these will result in firm breasts which is not true. <laughs> Take it easy, honey. Now put your palms together, girls. Come forward to the count of 10. I mean, I feel like if your arms were just out to the side for a series of exercises for a long time, they would get tired. <laughs> I mean, in a lot of ways, that kind of reminds me of like, um, like bar method or like some of those other like bar fitness, that modern bar fitness classes. Be tired just to watch them. Yeah, I feel like they're a little harder than this. <laughs> I need pieces. You also don't have anybody calling you honey. Oh my god, they're wearing high heels. Let's do our scissor exercise. <laughs> like literally high heels. And when you want to get rid of that middle age spread, this is what you do. Yeah, I can see some Pilates influence here, but right. You 
can't say I haven't got them rolling on the floor. Oh, now they're doing leg lifts. That's a legitimate exercise. Good job. I mean, in a lot of ways, this feels like a precursor to like the Jane Fonda workout tapes, yeah. right? And in other ways, the really sexist voiceover is hard to listen to. Yeah, the the voiceover is like, yeah. This one pulls the stomach up tight. It gives the washboard finish instead of the balloon effect. Anytime a movie has footage of a movie theater in the 1940s, there's like that voiceover voice. Yes. Is it one guy? Was there one guy? It I mean, it like really it. sounds like it. I'm sure there was more it than one really guy. Does. It really does. really sounds like the same guy that tells you that the lobby is full of snacks is also telling you to take it easy, honey. <laughs> yes, that it, that's the voice. Good job, Annika. Thank you. Um, so the other thing, the last thing I kind of want to touch on um, that started to gain massive popularity in the 1940s was saunas for weight loss. So... I found a really um, hilarious photo, and I'm just going to drop it in the chat. I will put it in our show notes as well. Oh, I've seen these on like, there's like, this is a thing now. Welcome to the Reduce-O-Matic. It's literally Reduce-O-Matic. called the reduce It has that awesome, like, um, vintage Frigidaire font. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, get a little portable sauna. You can read your book while you, you know, steam off your calories, I guess. Or I'm not Do really your hair sure first. It. It's the only way. <laughs> um, I mean, so, it would work. Again, just like bananas and skim milk in the you 1930s. Would be a very thirsty person, but it would work. It would work until you drank your first glass of water. <laughs> Um, so just to wrap up, you know, what I find most interesting about wellness trends in this time is something that we, you know, have touched on before. And we talked about at the beginning, when you're living in a much more precarious situation, you just don't have the same bandwidth to be doing so much like quote unquote self-improvement, right? Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, I think it reflects the larger culture going through what so many marginalized communities have always gone through. When you have more pressing concerns about survival, you don't have the bandwidth to think about organic food or mineral sunscreen or vaginal eggs. You know, this decade to me really (laughs) highlights the privilege that is so deeply steeped in wellness trends, you know, throughout all of history. This just really puts a magnifying glass on it. Um, I'm just curious if you, through any of your research for this and previous episodes for this series, found any recommendations for male weight loss or male physique never i found not none. one not a single one no me neither yeah because Noted. Um, i mean presumably and i mean you touched on this um with that fantastic doctor that we found in the 1930s you know all basically all you're gonna get from men is like you know make sure you're eating enough food you're out there like doing real hard work and doing then, man things right <laughs> go do man things right but if you're a woman don't do too many things at all but don't do nothing because then you're going to be lazy and that's also equally bad how dare you Ugh. so i don't know maybe things will change when we get into the 50s and 60s maybe we'll start to see some more wellness uh wellness for men but uh we're not we're not seeing it yet we're not seeing it yet i'm not holding my breath <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to me in the middle. We really appreciate your support. And if you could do us a big favor and subscribe and share this podcast, it would mean the world to us.